Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. I'm here with our man Achilles Rain to break down the NFL playoffs round two. It was quite a round, a lot of great actions. Are you ready to get into the games this week? Oh, yeah. For some reason, it feels like a, a lot longer since our last chat. Does it? Yeah, at least to me. I don't know why. It seems like this week has kind of gone on a little bit longer, maybe has something to do with uh, that big loss, but we'll get into yeah. it. I don't know. I, I think you you were probably ready for it, so I, I think you had already planned your misery uh, out ahead. You got a playoff win, so uh, I guess that's the game we'll start with since that was the first game of the week. The Los Angeles Rams went to the Green Bay Packers. The Rams Lost 32-18 to Green Bay. Green Bay put on quite the offensive performance. Um, Jared Goff went 21 to 27, 174, and a touchdown. Cam Akers had 18 and 91 touchdown. Josh Reynolds, three for 65. Robert Woods, eight for 48. Aaron Rodgers was 23 of 36, 296, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 14 and 99, and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, 12 of 65. And Alan Lazard, four of 96 and a touchdown and one drop touchdown that made this uh, score a little bit closer than I think it really was. Devontae Adams, nine of 66 and a touchdown. So let's get into this game a little bit. Um, I think really this game was lost probably about five weeks ago when you lost to the New York Jets. I mean, judging from uh, watching that Saints in uh, Tampa Bay game, uh, you all looked on the level with those teams. You did not look on the level with the Green Bay Packers. I think asking that defense to come with, uh, you know, Herculean monumental effort uh, three weeks in a row um, really was probably a bit too much to ask. And Green Bay uh, carved you up a little bit. Uh, I actually didn't think the offense played well for what was sort of left out there. Um, I thought they played uh, solid enough, but uh, the defense just didn't have enough juice uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, just watching the game, I felt like the offense did as good as a job as they could have done, uh, all things considered. I really didn't expect that type of performance. I, I was a little impressed with the way they played. I was in place with, uh, impressed with Jared Goff. I think that he did a pretty good job. I think we can call off the uh, John Walford uh, should have his job uh, meeting after uh, this week's performance. I, I think we saw someone who could actually throw NFL throws and a guy who's a spunky little water bug. Yeah. I think that if he would have played this way for most of the season, I think we probably would have seen a different team in these, in these playoffs. I think that too much was put on that defense early on in the season and pretty much throughout the entire season. Now, you know, with Aaron Donald being hurt, he was obviously out for multiple snaps in that game. He didn't play very much. And the few times he did, it almost seemed like he wasn't quite himself. Uh, he was definitely being uh, shut, not shut down, but he was definitely being kept in check. Uh, but I, I still think that the team overall did a pretty those uh, like explosive ones right off the snap where he's in the backfield causing havoc. Um, when they doubled him, he was pretty much contained, which, um, you know, if Aaron Donald has been able to, for years now, just break those double teams. So it, it definitely affected that whole defensive line and how it uh, sort of gets got to the quarterback in this game. Yeah, like I said, I, I think that the team itself played relatively well on all faces of the game. I just think they ran into a very, very hot and potent uh, Packers offense. Uh, even their defense seemed to be really motivated. They played really well, uh, even as well as I thought the Rams offense played I think Green Bay did enough and they made enough plays to really cause havoc. But I think that the biggest takeaway for me was just how potent this, this Packers offense is. It, it's going to take a team with really good defense and a really good offense to be able to keep up with them because uh, they, they just kind of seem to, to, to go and, and it's really hard to sit here and key on one guy. Like, you, you know, you think, okay, we can take out Adams and it really limits their game. But as you saw, they have a bunch of different weapons and, you know, Rogers is not afraid to use any of them. So 
I think that this is probably one of the scary teams going forward. And, you know, it was a really good win by them. I, I still think the Rams played pretty well, even in the loss. So uh, I'm holding my head up. And I think the fact that I kind of expected this to happen uh, makes it that much easier to accept. Yeah, I thought the Rams did play uh, all right. I, I thought the defense was a little worse than it had been, but uh, I think that was, you know, to be expected, uh, just attrition-wise. Having those two games, uh, that Arizona game to get into the playoffs and then uh, that Seattle game last week, I think sort of just I, – I, we discussed it on Thursday how, you know, there's it. you just can take so many hits before, you know – you break down. And I think this was probably the week they broke down, but um, really I, I think uh, more impressively was the green Bay Packers. They just played great. And uh, we'll get to the other game, but uh, saints bucks Rams, I think you throw them into any mix and you probably get some random result each time, you know, but uh, I right now, from what I see, any of those teams play the green Bay Packers right now, uh, I think they get lit up pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that, like I said, they look very polished. Their offense looks like it, like it's a well-oiled machine. Like I said, you can key in on one guy. Uh, and obviously you think of that offense, you think of Rodgers and Adams. That's obviously the connection everyone makes when they think of that offense. But, you know, the the surplus of running backs that they end up using in the game uh, ends up working to their advantage because there's always going to be some guy that's going to kind of have a hot, hot hand in any particular week. And uh, it really showed this week with, you know, them being able to use different running backs in different situations. So I, I think that that offense is really scary. And like I said, yes, the Rams defense was a little, you know, hobbled with injuries and whatnot, but even they had a hard time. Um, they were able to get a few stops, but for most of that game, I, I felt like I was praying that defense could do enough to keep the offense in the game. Whereas in most weeks with the Rams, it's me hoping that that offense does enough for the defense to stay in the game. Uh, it really flipped, uh, you know, kind of a identity this week for, for watching that game. But that Packer, that Packers team is just, I think it's, it's really Super Bowl hunger right now, and that's probably one of the reasons why they're playing so well. They're all getting hot at the right time, and uh, I wouldn't want to face them going forward. Yeah, uh, I can't say enough about that offense. They came out, uh, ran the ball on the outside, then ran the ball on the inside with Williams pounding away, and uh, those two uh, play-action uh, plays to uh, Lazard, the one he dropped, uh, that would have been the long touchdown that sort of got the Rams back in the game, and then they you know, hit the essentially the exact same play later in the game. It was just, it was just beautiful offense work to perfection. I, I can't say enough uh, also about that offensive line. I mean, we, we talked about Donald not getting back there and he was hurt, but uh, I, I thought that green Bay offensive line uh, did a job on Donald and everybody else. Uh, they really uh, stepped up even without Bakhtiari there. Yeah, because even without Donald in the game, you still have a lot of guys on, yeah, the, on uh, the defensive line. Last week for Seattle, when uh, uh, Donald stepped out, they still had enough guys in there that were getting to uh, Russell Wilson, and they just uh, couldn't really get to Aaron Rodgers this week. Yeah, kudos to that offensive line coach for putting together the type of game plan to protect Aaron Rodgers and uh, give him as much protection as possible. Because when you give you know Aaron Rodgers more than uh, – four seconds, he's probably going to shred you. And that's kind of what we saw. Uh, I know that that game was tight early on. A lot of it had to do with a couple of miscues on offense for the Packers. Uh, you stop and you think if they connect on those plays, like those broken plays, it, the score probably could have been even more lopsided than it was. So, you know, just happy that it wasn't as, uh, as bad as it could have been, but you know, they, they look really good. And like I said, even going up against, uh, you know, a talented corner like Ramsey, you know, and some of the other guys on that secondary, they moved guys around and they made enough to uh, cause some confusion. <clears throat> so uh, just going forward, I think that the Packers are probably my favorite uh, to win it all. Uh, they look really scary and they look Super Bowl ready. Well, you, uh, I guess, answered my next question. Uh Due to circumstances that have come to light in the other games, um, injury-wise, would the Packers be your betting favorite right now? 
Yeah, right now, I would have to say so. I think that, like I said, they look like the most complete team, the most Super Bowl ready. And not to take anything away from the teams that are remaining. You know, we've got some really good teams in there still. And I've talked about Tampa Bay pretty much all season long and, and how, how stacked they seem to be. And they seem to be getting it together as uh, the season keeps going. They seem to just be getting better and better. But when I look at, you know, all these teams, you know, on, on the field, I just feel like the Packers are probably the scariest one, uh, almost kind of like the Chiefs of last season where, you know, you don't think that they're going to be out of it because that offense is going to put them in regardless. So if I had to pick one right now, just based off everything that happened, injuries on, you know, both conferences and things like that, that I have to say the Packers are my favorite. Yeah. All right. So the new favorite for Achilles reign, the Green Bay Packers will go to the AFC. We'll go to the Saturday night game in the AFC Buffalo bills, 17 Baltimore Ravens, three Josh Allen, 23 of 37, 206, and a touchdown Singletary, uh, seven carries for 25 yards. Uh, Stefan Diggs, eight for one Oh six and a touchdown Lamar Jackson, 14 for 24, 162, and an interception. Uh, Tyler Huntley got in the game, 6 of 13, 60 yards. J.K. Dobbins, 10 for 42. Gus Edwards, 10 for 42. And uh, Marquise Brown, uh, 4 for 87. This was a very interesting game. Uh, they said there was no win, but then they kept showing the flags and they were blowing like crazy. So uh, I think there was some wind, and I think it was definitely playing with a ball because uh, Josh Allen, who has a cannon arm already, uh, threw a couple of those deep balls and they seemed to sail about uh, an extra 30 yards. But um, so I think weather played a big factor in this one. This was a very interesting game. Um, Buffalo got the touchdown, got up about 10-3, and then the big play was that uh, pick six that Lamar Jackson threw, and then, the, of course, the uh, snap over his head, and he sort of got tackled weirdly and uh, banged his head and was out with a concussion. And uh, once uh, Tyler Huntley ent ent entered the game, I, I think that pretty much uh, wrapped things up. I don't think Tyler was going to make the comeback here. But uh, what would you make of this game? I, I think it was – much more low scoring than we thought, but uh, I, I think that a lot of that had to do with weather. Yeah, the weather was a little bit weird. Um, I just, I, I think I sent out a tweet or something where uh, I mentioned that people aren't used to weather in Buffalo at this time of year. And uh, it was we're not quote unquote a warm day at 30 degrees. Yeah, you know, we're just, like I said, we're just not used to seeing uh, anybody play at Buffalo this late in the season. So, uh, that's, you know, almost a success story in itself, the fact that we're even talking about it. But as much as I like the Bills and as, as well as they played, and, you know, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen, like I said, uh, early on in the season, I, I think that he's knocking on the door of, you know, being in that elite class of quarterback. He still shows moments of uh, his youth, his inexperience in these type of situations overall they still won though so we can't really you know hold that against them uh they put together a pretty good game plan going up against this defense which i thought might give them a little bit of a, of a headache and at some point it almost felt like baltimore could probably pull this one off uh i i had the bills win in this game but i think that just the flow of the game made me a little uneasy uh there were certain situations where i felt that Buffalo should have really kind of pulled away from it. And they just kept, you know, letting Baltimore hang in there. And I was like, this is not a good idea. You don't want to let, you know, uh, this, this team with the, you know, former MVP in this game, because they can run away with it. And then before you know it, you're out of the playoffs, but they did enough to, to stay in that game and they pulled off the win. I think it's, it was a lot closer though, than, than that score really shows uh, just, the flow of the game, like I said, it really felt like it was a back and forth thing. Uh, a few mistakes by both quarterbacks. I think what really hurt Baltimore was the uh, the lack of a, of a passing game. But you know they're going home now, and uh, Buffalo's moving ahead. So that's pretty much how the story went. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that game plan. Uh, essentially, Buffalo did not run the ball at all. Uh, literally, they had. 
no running back carries until like late in that third quarter. And then they handed it to like Singletary three times in a row. And then they didn't have any more until the very end when they were running out the clock. And um, rightfully so, I, I probably would be a little scared to, uh, you know, like last week they, you know, put it on Josh Allen to run the ball. This week they seemed a little more uh, resistant to want to have Josh Allen bang around with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Did you like that strategy to come out and sort of just concede uh, we're down Zach Moss? Uh, we aren't going to be able to run the ball versus Baltimore. If Tennessee couldn't run the ball versus Baltimore, we aren't going to be able to run versus Baltimore. And we don't want to put Josh Allen in a situation where he gets hurt. Uh, We'll get to the Kansas City Chiefs game in a second uh, in a situation that probably is similar to this one where you don't want to go from Josh Allen to your backup quarterback because uh, that drop-off is uh, quite large. But uh, what do you make of the Buffalo game plan to just come out and wing it? You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of old school when it comes to, you know, the way I like my team to operate. You know, I really like a balanced team, uh, possibly a little run heavier than pass heavy, but – I think they, they had to go with this type of game plan. Just like you said, you know, you don't want to risk the guy that got you there. Uh, and this defense has already shown that they can stop just about anybody. If they can stop Derrick Henry, they can stop just about anybody. So uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of that type of game plan, I think that it was a necessity. They had to go this way. Um, you know, and, and it's really hard to question the results. I mean, how do you question, you know, what I the outcome was? I didn't think it hurt them. Uh, necessarily other than i don't know i think it just sort of maybe got a their rhythm off now a part of that is also uh you know the weather i'm assuming it was not windy when they were warming up and then at some point this wind just started kicking around and whipping the ball all over the place and i think that's where i question it is like it's going to be very hard to launch the ball all over the field um without at least trying to run the ball a little bit. Now, I I don't think it would have been successful, and I, I would agree that you probably don't run Josh Allen in uh, a situation like that versus the Baltimore Ravens. No, you know, and like you said, we'll get into the other games in a little bit, but you saw what happened in that Kansas City game. It's just kind of a freak accident, but these kind of things tend to happen, and when you're in this situation like the Bills are, you don't put anything to chance. Um, not right now. You're so close to to getting to the promised line. I don't think that you kind of go all in quite yet. Uh, there's still more games to play, more games to win. So uh, like I said, I feel like that type of game plan was almost a necessity. Uh, I wouldn't want to see that going forward on a weekly basis. I don't think that's that gives them the best chance to win. But I think for this week, it, it was exactly what they needed. So, you know, they came out with a win and that's all that matters really. Yeah. Um, Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, it was quite possibly atrocious uh, versus the Indianapolis Colts, but they looked uh, much, much better, uh, a lot faster, more physical uh, this week. Do you just make that to nerves? Uh, they're playing a, a team whose system they know, uh, going back to uh, last season, uh, Buffalo hammered uh, Baltimore pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Do you just make it more of a matchup thing or a uh, – the, the nerves were no longer there this week. I don't think it had anything to do with nerves. I think this had to do with personnel. Uh, when you look at the way these teams are built, the Baltimore Ravens are built almost like they are. They're technically a run first team, but their run really comes from the quarterback. And that's what, that's how they had success in that, you know, last two quarters, last half of the season, that last quarter of the season, whatever it was that it was with Lamar Jackson really run the ball uh, whereas in, if you look at other, you know, the team before that, the week before that, it's just, it's just a different style. I don't think that that defense necessarily looked better or worse. Like I said, I think it has to do with personnel. You have a team uh, who's a little more comfortable uh, playing off their running backs and tight ends, uh, you know, not just running the ball, but also on dump off screens, wheel routes, things like that. And, Baltimore's built a little bit differently. They're going to, you know, kind of run that, uh, that, that uh, run pass option type of th type of game. So I think this is more of a personnel type of situation. I don't think it had anything to do with nerves. I think that 
uh, they're locked in right now. And, um, you know, barring any mistakes and barring uh, a certain guy showing up, uh, I think that they have a pretty good shot at going uh, all the way. Well, that was my next question. Where are you with Buffalo? Uh, do you make them AFC favorites right now? Do you make them just below the Chiefs? Or do you think the Chiefs are big favorites right now? Listen, I, I don't know what the uh, situation is with Mahomes right now, but I don't care who's your backup. I can tell you the situation is he's going to be cleared. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a given. I think that whether his brain is functioning or not, I don't know. Yeah. And not just that. I mean, it's not just that concussion that really concerns me. It's also, you what know, that. Hell? Yeah. Because if there was some lingering going on and you could definitely see the difference like in that one play where he had to scramble for that first down uh, when he ran out to the left on a, on a broken play, he didn't look like himself, man. And, you know, I know that he, he's very athletic and he's known for, you know, his athleticism, but he, he didn't look like himself. And yes, I, the concussion thing, we've seen guys come back from it a week after that's, you know, it happens all the time. Like you said, whether he's better or not, we don't know, but players get past that and they, and they just, I never like play. it when they stumble. So <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you know, and when you looked at the play, I don't know if you really looked at it closely, but I was trying to figure out where this concussion could have come from. Um, Cause all I really saw was when he got tackled, he, the defenseman almost kind of grabbed them by the head, by the helmet. And when he spun him around, it looked like he hyperextended his neck and almost like bent it uh, as he hit the ground. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it was like a dirty hit or a malicious hit. I, no, I, thought... I, I think it was just sort of a freak thing. And then his, his forehead sort of came like right perfectly angled and hit that ground. And I think it scrambled his, his head a little bit, but. Uh... Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I think depending on how, how he's looking with that toe, uh, that's probably what's really going to lean me one way or another. I think that both these teams are pretty well matched. I know that uh, earlier on the season, the, uh, the chiefs, uh, came out on top, but I think that was also a different Bills team. I think that they've matured a lot as the season progressed since their last meeting. So uh, I'm not going to really look into that one too much. But I think that just based off what happened last week, I think that you kind of have to make the, the Bills your favorite for the AFC this this week. Um, again, as we get closer to game, you know, it's game day, uh, we'll know a little bit more about the situation with uh, Mahomes' toe and things like that. But if Mahomes is good to go and he's feeling better about that toe, I think it puts him on more even ground. Uh, but as of right now, I think the Bills are slightly ahead. Yeah. All right. So we'll move to those Sunday games. We'll get in to the Cleveland Browns, 17, Kansas City Chiefs, 22, Baker Mayfield, 23 of 37, 204, one touchdown, one interception. Nick Chubb, uh, 13 carries, 69 yards. Kareem Mott, six for 32 and a touchdown. Uh, Rashad Higgins, uh, five for 88. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was 21 to 32, 55, and a touchdown before he left with a concussion. Uh, Chad Henney, six for eight, 66 yards, and an interception. One very big run, though. Uh, Daryl Williams, 13 for 78. Tyreek Hill, eight for 110. And uh, Travis Kelsey, eight for 109, and a touchdown. So, this game seemed to play out how we both thought it was going to play out. And then it sort of played out, uh, I think, once Mahomes hurt his uh, toe, uh, pretty much how the Chiefs have been playing all season long, uh, a little sloppy but dominating. And I don't think anyone was uh, all that worried about the uh, Cleveland Browns coming back to win it. And uh, then uh, Patrick Mahomes got the big concussion. Uh, he got up, he stumbled. We knew he wasn't coming back after that. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Cleveland, uh, you began to think that uh, this is the way you weirdly lose playoff games if you're the much better team. And uh, they finally decided to run the ball. Uh, I, I didn't understand that game plan in the first half for the uh, Cleveland Browns. We'll get into that later. But um, they finally started to pound Chubb and Hunt and got in the end zone. And uh, Henny threw possibly the worst pick I've ever seen in playoff history, uh, just shooting the ball up uh, 40 yards down the middle of the field. But um, then he made a great run on third and 14, and uh, Andy Reid um, 
that man has some stones to call that play. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't mind going for it, but uh, to call that play with still 10 seconds left on the play clock um, on midfield. Uh, that's uh, that's a tip of the hat to Andy Reid right there. And they end up winning the game. What do you make of this game? I thought it was a pretty exciting game. Uh, it, and I don't want to, you know, re- really dwell too much on that injury, but I think that injury made it an even better game. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I don't think at any point, I don't know about you, but I didn't feel like the Browns were coming back on the Chiefs. They might do what the Chiefs have been doing and give up a score. And then they're like, oh, we need Patrick Mahomes to drive down here. And three passes later, they score a touchdown and they're back up. And then the second he gets that concussion, you're like, oh, uh, they might blow this. And all of a sudden, you your eyes start to laser focus a little more on the TV screen there. Yeah, I mean, as I'm sitting there watching the game, I'm thinking to myself, are we going to have a Buffalo Bills and a Cleveland oh, Browns? I was right, waiting for that for TV ratings. Oh, Cleveland my, at Buffalo, that was going to be Mayfield. Allen, the duel. You know, this is the thing, though. I mean, the Packers, the Packers are great. They're, they're a really good team. They're the best team in the NFC. And for, for obvious reasons, they, they, they look great. But when you start to look at the landscape of the NFL right now and the teams that are kind of contending, you know, you look at teams like the Bills and uh, teams like the Browns, you know, the Bucks. I know that, you know, the Bucks are a complete overhaul from what we're used to seeing. But you look at the dynamic, it seems like, you know, the – like the status quo is changing a little bit as far as who the contenders are in the NFL week in and week out. It's a little exciting for the, you know, those, uh, those other teams that don't really yeah, get a chance. Yeah. I will uh, say uh, we aren't there yet, but in the uh, Saints Bucks game, the only quarterback who looked like he could throw a pass was Jameis Winston. So. Yeah. Jameis Winston. We'll get into it right now, but uh, yeah, uh, it's just, like I said, the, the whole landscape feels like it's shifting uh, a little bit, not, not a lot, but you know, enough for, uh, to give other teams a chance to, you know, be in a situation like Buffalo Bills and uh, and Cleveland Browns to answer war. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it was overall, I think it was a pretty entertaining game. And, you know, I, I, I'd say before the game, I was kind of on 90 to 10 as far as uh, whether the Chiefs would win or the Bills would win. Uh, I was really, I was really heavy on the Chiefs. I thought that so many different things had to go right for the, for the Browns to win. And, uh, you know, they almost pulled it off, though. You know, I think it was an accomplishment in itself to get this far. Nobody expected them to have that type of record. Uh, and then even when they got in, I don't think anybody really gave them a chance, myself including, uh, against the Steelers. And they came out, they handled business, they, they moved on to the next round. So I think overall it was a really successful season for them. And even the postseason itself, I know they don't want to they didn't want to go home early at this point. They were so close. But they're, they're just not quite ready yet, and they have a little bit more building to do. But, you know, if they can kind of continue with this type of momentum, this type of philosophy, uh, I think that they're they're going to be one of those teams that are kind of going to be in it, at least for the uh, for the time being. Yeah. Uh, a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about in this game. Uh, first half uh, game plan. One, they chose to kick the ball to the Chiefs and receive at halftime. Of course, the Chiefs drove right down, got the score early, and – I, I, I was just curious on your thoughts on that. I, I thought that was a real bad decision because you're putting your defense in a pretty bad spot. You're putting yourself down, which then alters your game plan. I, I just don't know why if you are the Browns, you don't take that ball, try to initiate the run and control the clock right off the start instead of sort of being like, here, Chiefs have the ball, come down, light us up, and uh, we'll be playing uh, catch-up for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, when you put it in those terms, it definitely makes sense as to why you'd rather receive the ball and kind of get, you know, some offensive momentum going. But I'm more of the, uh, I'd rather defer, give give my defense a chance to make a big play, get some momentum on defense, especially against a potent offense like the Chiefs, and then – we know that no matter what, we're getting the ball back in the second half. If we go into halftime with any type of lead or even, you know, a tie game, I, that's almost like a victory, a moral victory in itself because, you know, you're getting the ball back and then you have the opportunity to take a lead. Um, so I'm, I'm more of that type of mindset. I'd rather defer and receive in the second half. 
but what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I think that they needed so many different things to go right for them to win. Uh, you know, the fact that they had the free ex- freak accident with Mahomes, not that they wanted that to happen, but I'm sure that they were a little bit happy that it happened because it, it gave them that much better chances of winning. But yeah, in retrospect, I mean, you probably want to put your offense out there and kind of, uh, you know, get them controlling the clock, keep the hand, the ball out of uh, Mahomes' hands. And, uh, but, you know, it, they, they, they obviously have uh, an idea of how they want to attack this team, and it just didn't work out for them. Well, th- that was the other thing. Uh, they really threw a lot of short, uh, quick passes in the uh, first half. I didn't think they utilized Chubb. Hunt didn't even have a touch until like late in that third quarter. What did you make of that decision? Because once that fourth quarter started and Patrick Mahomes went down, all of a sudden Chubb was getting, you know, 10 yard chunks. Uh, Hunt was getting eight yard chunks. And uh, all of a sudden the Chiefs defense looked like it was struggling to stop them. Now, some of that might've been wearing them down from those first half, you know, quick passes and, uh, trying to manipulate as many plays as you could. But, uh, I mean, I thought you had a free reign to run the ball from the start with Chubb. Yeah, you know, and we've talked about it before. This is when they're at their best is when they use that run first type of mentality that they assert themselves physically and control the clock and you limit the uh, the amount of touches that Baker Mayfield has to do, uh, has to make. Uh, that's when you're most successful as a Cleveland Browns franchise. But for some weird reason, like you said, they didn't follow that type of game plan. And that's when we've seen them, you know, perform not, not at their top level, not at their best is when they decide to put a little more on, on the quarterback as opposed to doing what um, really got you to, I think their whole success this season was based off the fact they had one of the best rushing attacks. I believe that's, they were definitely top five. I I, I mean, uh, for some reason, I think they were like probably the number one rushing team, uh, in the NFL this season, but I know for sure that we're at least top five. Uh, and when you have that type of offense that's revolving around your running back, you have to stick with it, especially in the playoffs. The run game is so useful and so helpful in the playoffs that going away from it, especially when it's your bread and butter, um, I think was a huge mistake. And we might be singing a different tune if they probably would have gone with the run first offense. Um, of course, you know, we can't uh, change what happened. Uh, they're out and the Chiefs are moving on. But I feel like this team probably could have been a little more dangerous had they changed their game plan a little bit. Yeah. And uh, last uh, two coaching things here. Um, they didn't go for two points. Um, that sort of played a factor there towards the end. Uh, I, I know it was pretty early, but uh, I think you probably always should try to get those two points back. Uh, no matter how early it is in the game. What did you make of that? Well, see, again, I'm old school when it comes to the way I like my team to run. I know that analytics tells you, you go for two. Uh, that's, you know, what the analytic nerds are going to tell you. They're going to jump up and down and tell you the uh, success percentage, uh, you know, when you go to the uh, the ability to make a comeback and, and take a lead. I, I understand all that. I, I understand that numbers don't lie. I get all that. But to me, you take the points that are guaranteed. I think that at that point, when you break it down in odds, you're probably having a better, you know, better shot at getting that one point. Um, to me, you get what you can now, get some momentum going, get the points out of the way, and you're going to have to score again regardless. So um, I feel like you kind of, I, I, it's just a personal thing. I, I think that you have to, if I'm down, you know, 15 points my first touchdown, I'm, I'm kicking that extra point, you know, and I'm bringing it to within eight. Cause if you miss that two point conversion, you're not, you know, down by eight now, now you're down by 10, you know, it's, it's, it's technically still a two score lead, but whereas, and if you just kick that, that extra point, you go down by seven or, or eight, I'm sorry, then you still have to get that two point conversion, but at least it's only a one score, one possession game at that point. So I'm more of the mentality of just, get the points you can get now and, uh, you know, try to make a play at the end. Yeah. Um, I wasn't quite as critical about the uh, two point going or not going, but uh, they had about a fourth and three uh, with about five minutes left in the game. They only had one timeout. Um, They were on a, maybe the 42 yard line. 
I didn't quite understand the decision to punt the ball because as it turned out, um, they never got the ball back. Uh, because of that decision, I mean, it let Andy Reid go for it on that fourth down because they had no timeouts left. They would have had to driven the length of the field to get a touchdown with no timeouts left. And it allowed them to go for it, the Chiefs to go for it on fourth and one. But uh, why do you think they did the uh, – Browns didn't go for it on that fourth and three right before they punted. I don't know. To me, that was probably the worst coaching decision of that also game. Also in the offseason, we're running a show about calling timeouts uh, for delay of games in the fourth quarter. Uh, how about save those timeouts, eat the five yards, please? Yeah, at some point, you know, you do have to eat it five yards just to save a timeout. Those timeouts become really precious, uh, especially when you're talking about the postseason. But Punting the ball, I think, was a huge mistake. I think when you're down and you get that late into the game, I think it becomes more of a war of attrition where, you know, who's going to break first. Well, the other thing I thought was you need one stop anyway. So if you don't get it and you hand them the ball in the 43, you have to get that one stop no matter what. So I I understand the the mentality of trying to flip the field. I, I get all that, but. You know, it's it, this is the Chiefs, man, and I know that they didn't have their quarterback and everything, but uh, you know, it's it's still the Chiefs, and it's still an Andy Reid offense, and, and we've seen them be productive. You know, regardless of who's at the helm, um, obviously you feel a lot more comfortable with Mahomes not being there as a defense, but ultimately, it's still the Chiefs, and you know, your defense has hadn't really shown a lot throughout the game. So I don't understand why you were banking on that so much. I, I think that you probably would have been uh, better off trying to go for it. And, and you did a little bit of a disservice to your offense by not going for it. Yeah. Uh, greatest disparity in uh, first string quarterback, second string quarterback. Would it be the Kansas city chiefs? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he made enough, he made enough plays to keep his team in there, man. I know that he, that like he made a couple of throws that were a little questionable, but how much of that had to do with the fact that uh, he probably was not expecting to get into a you know a, a playoff game, uh, especially the way he did. So, uh, yeah, I, that gap is pretty big, but I, you know, I still got to give. All I know is tried. I went from like, yeah, I could probably put this game on a side TV to uh, watching quite intently the second uh, Patrick Mahomes went out, and it was still like a nineteen to six game or something. Well, see, there you go. See, he, he's the type of quarterback that's going to uh, glue you to your seat and uh, make you ma- make sure that volume is all the way up to 10. So uh, he got the job then, man. You got to give him some props for that. You know, he yeah, probably wasn't ready for it. I was going to ask, uh, those that third down run uh, where he got the yards back and then, uh, oh, God, that fourth down call. What did you make of the call? Uh, what did you make of the play? The, the call in itself is a little scary, but – it's Andy Reid. You know, you you kind of expect things like this to happen, um, but he handled it well. The, uh, Chad Henney sprint out to, uh, to the right. Uh, your play go to play call on that. But I mean, even in that on that play where he ran to get those, like you said, to get those yards back. Uh, you know, he didn't look bad, man. I, I think that. Listen, I, I trust Andy Reid. I know that he's had uh, you know more than his fair share of uh, you know shortcomings, but. Ever since he he everywhere he's been he's been successful and I don't think that you uh, start doubting him now I think that he's got to where he's at for a reason so uh, questionable calls yes but do you want to question Andy Reid no uh, you just you know take it and uh, they got the win so that's all that matters no I, actually I I thought it was an amazing call because uh, I can tell you if I was on the defensive side of the ball that wasn't the play I was going to be prepared for. Oh, no. Big, big cojones. All right. We'll move on to the final game of the day. And uh, this one was pretty much just decided by turnovers. Uh, Tom Brady, 18 for 33, 199, two touchdowns. Fournette, 17 for 63. Uh, Ronald Jones, 13 for 62. Cameron Brake, four for 50. Uh, Drew Brees, 19 to 34, 134. A touchdown, three interceptions. Uh like I had mentioned earlier, Jameis Winston, one for one, 56 yards and a touchdown. Kamara, 18 for 85. Uh, Traquan Smith, three for 85, two touchdowns. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, six for 48. Um, I really don't know how to break this game down. It was pretty much just uh, 
the Saints turn the ball over uh, in very bad positions. Uh, that's how Tampa Bay scored. They did not drive down the field, I don't think, one time for a touchdown. They scored on short fields on uh, all three of the turnover or four of the turnovers. So it basically was a game decided by turnovers and really uh, bad turnovers by the Saints. What would you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch uh, this game to the very end because uh, obviously, you know, I've got uh, certain commitments with work and whatnot. But uh, what I did get to watch uh, was a little underwhelming. I thought that I really expected the Saints to come out and and kind of fire in all gears. Uh, they looked to be a step slow. Um, the the what I did watch of the game, it almost felt as if there was no trust in uh, the quarterback's uh, arm strength, whether it was Breeze or anyone else. I, I, it seemed like the only really deep throw that they had that game was with Winston on that play. Um, I don't know if a lot of it had to do with the fact that the quarterbacks weren't, you know, a hundred percent or I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how to break. They didn't this look down. like Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you that. Oh, definitely not. And uh, we kind of expect that, uh, if I had to pick, you know, I, I wouldn't. Well, we did. And this pick was last a controlled week. temperature environment. I think that might have been what was more disturbing. They were both inside a dome, and both of them just looked uh, mediocre. They looked like Jared Goff, essentially. Yeah, uh, the scariest part. I mean, not, not to really rain on the parade because you know they won the game, but the scariest part to me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that offensively the Saints are stacked uh, you know Michael Thomas and Kamara and I know they have some good really good weapons but when you look at just the roster itself and the names on there this Tampa Bay offense has so many weapons and for them to perform the way they did I thought that is a, a little underwhelming uh, especially like you said playing in a dome situation type of setting yeah the guys who were making plays were Cameron Brait and Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson I mean, Evans was pretty much locked down. Uh, Godwin had a couple plays. Uh, Gronk wasn't even close to doing anything. It was the running backs played uh, pretty solid, but the Saints were willing to concede the runs. So I don't even know if that really is. I put that as like, oh yeah, they dominated. Yeah, for me watching the watching what I did watch of the game, uh, and then trying to sneak a, a play a play here and there on my phone while at work. Um, I felt like the Saints lost this game. Tampa Bay didn't really win it. That's just the feeling that I took away from it. Uh, I think that Drew Brees probably was a little little too much in his head, uh, you know, as far as like deciding what's going to happen during the offseason. I don't think that he was mentally uh, ready for the playoffs. And a lot of it had to maybe with the fact that he was kind of in and out throughout the season, uh, the fact that his weapons were in and out throughout the season. I don't know how much – that played into it, but I think uh, not having Murray and Hill also hurt a little bit. Uh, I mean, I know you don't, nobody makes a huge deal about Hill, but that's probably six to eight plays a game. You have a sort of wild card uh, thing uh, put into your offense that you can use. And uh, Murray, who uh, has been a really solid uh, backup back, uh, could have grinded in some yards there. They wouldn't have had to use Kamara so much in between the tackles and uh, could have used him more as a receiver yeah and not just that he also he also seems to be the more physical runner when it comes to the running game um i know the camara is physical but he's more of a shifty type back uh you know kind of a scat back whereas in uh you know the other running back seems to be more of a downhill type of runner uh as far as comparing the two of them not that necessarily that's the case but i don't know i i just to me like i said i felt like the saints really uh lost this game as opposed to the Tampa Bay winning it. Um, now, I don't know how much confidence that takes away from, you know, Tampa Bay going forward uh, into this next round going up against I do the think this uh, Tampa Bay defense has stepped up and played a uh, pretty good ball, though, lately. You kind of expect it, though, when you look at that roster oh, and the, yeah. the names that they have on I, there. They have uh, – they are loaded on the defensive side of the ball as well as offense. Yeah, and, and I've said it pretty much all season Loaded long. with younger, I should say, too, than uh, the opposite side, which is loaded with older. Yeah, I, and I mean, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Breeze going forward. Uh, I, I don't know what when the final decision is going to come down. I'm assuming it's going to happen, uh, you know, during the actual offseason once uh, everything dies down a little bit. But, you know, 
given all the circumstances and all the uh, setbacks Saints had, I think that overall they had a really good season, uh, all things considered. Um, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation for them, almost like the Rams uh, where, you know, maybe not your marquee players, but definitely some role players uh, that weren't in the game really affected kind of the way you played. And it even, like you said, even, even though Hill's not really a kind of guy that we really think about when it comes to the Saints offense, you know, even five, six plays, whatever he's in there for, what those six snaps he might be in there for, it gives Drew Brees a chance to kind of stand on the sideline and watch that defense and watch the type of movement they're doing and, you know, the way they're reading certain things. I think it helps out a little bit. So not having him, I think, help, uh, hurt him a little bit and hurt his confidence. But, you know, Tampa Bay's move, moving on, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them. You know, it's it's an accomplishment. Uh, they they They're in the NFC Championship game now, so – um, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you know, to me, like I said, it felt like the Saints lost this game. No, we have eyes. We we watched uh, that game being played, and we watched the uh, Rams and uh, Packers game being played. And um, I, I think if you gave me Rams, I think I'd take them over both the Saints and the Bucks. But uh, I, I think the Packers right now are uh, probably two classes ahead from what I saw than uh, any of those three teams. Uh, I'll just, I'll just leave. I'll just say this. If somehow Tampa Bay gets into the Super Bowl, and, and not that they're not a good team because they're fully stacked and they've got every position you could think of. They they've got somebody that, that can make plays, but if Tampa Bay makes the Super Bowl, I'd be really shocked. Yeah, so would I. All right. So you want to get into our best and worst of the week. What do you got for best of the week this week? You know, obviously we're going a little more simplistic since we've only got a few teams left uh, in, in the in the uh, postseason. Uh, but for uh, best of the week on offense, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers offense. Uh, you know, even though they went up against the hobbled uh, uh, Rams defense, I think that they put together the type of game plan and protection on that offensive line to give Aaron Rodgers enough time to uh, really kind of dissect that defense. And uh, even that secondary, which has made a lot of plays, um, they they were pretty quiet this this time around, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that Aaron Rodgers was getting enough protection uh, to be able to you know kind of wait for those receivers to break out and uh, and let the defense make a mistake here and there uh, that he was uh, taking advantage of. So the Packers' offense are my uh, offense of the week. Yeah, uh, I got uh, the Green Bay Packers' running attack. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams really set the tone for that game, and uh, really just. Uh, we're running hard and aggressive up the middle and on the outside, which uh, really opened up that uh, Packers uh, play action passing game. So uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, running attack, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams, uh, really thought they were uh, great this week. All right. So what do you got for best or best? I think we just did best. What do you got for worst of this week? For worst of this week uh, on offense, I had to go with the Browns. Uh, simply because I felt like they had the type of recipe to at least kind of, uh, you know, stay in it, especially when Mahomes went out. Um, but they they really, you know, kind of went away from their own identity, which is run the ball. And I think that really hurt them. And they've done it a few times, uh, especially late in the uh, in the regular season. They had a few games where they really went away from the run and put the ball in Baker's hands. And it was obviously a mistake because they lost a few of those games. And they went away from it again. Uh, which is not the time you want to switch up and try to find your character. It's in the postseason, so uh, the the Browns' offense got worse of the week for me. Yeah, uh, Drew Brees got worse of the week for me. Um, those picks were just pretty much unex unexcusable. Um, you don't throw those picks. I, I think the Saints win that game. You don't have any turnovers. It's probably a twenty-two to six, twenty-two to nine game, and uh, you're cruising now. You're going to Green Bay. You might not be able to win that one, but. Uh, I just thought those turnovers were really bad. Uh, same with Jared Cook. Uh, his fumble was uh, sloppy and uh, lazy ball handling. But uh, Breeze uh, should have made uh, either eat the ball, take the sack, but uh, don't force those kind of throws, uh, especially in a game where you know uh, the other side of the ball can't drag the length of the field and score points on you, especially uh, coming out of that uh, halftime where they drove down, scored a touchdown, got up on the lead. Um, as long as they don't make any uh, turnovers, uh, they run away and win that game. And I just thought they uh, sort of capitulated to them and gave uh, Tampa Bay the turnovers they needed to score points. Yeah, it's actually a good call. 
All right. So that's our show. Be sure to follow us on greenlightnetwork.org for all our podcasts. We'll be on later in the week to do our picks for the NFL conference finals to see who is going to the Super Bowl. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. You can also find our content at the Greenlight Network YouTube page. Uh, you can also find all of our picks and uh, a bunch of different goodies uh, at our website, which is uh, greenlightnetwork.org. And uh, you can also find our page on Facebook, Greenlight Network. You can find me, GLN Chair 5, both on Twitter and Instagram. That's our show. Yeah.